0: Welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we read about mutants in space, so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read Planet X by Michael Jan Friedman. Joining us to discuss this Star Trek X-Men professional crossover fan fiction is excitable Trekkie and librarian, Anna Cheddar. Hi, Anna. Hey. (laughs) Thanks for joining us
1: happy to talk about star trek anytime <laughs> most importantly
2: anna's my co-worker and uh she and i share an office and pre-covid 19 we sat like two feet away <laughs> from each other for hours every day so um so it's great to be talking with her again in this
1: in this time of pandemic <laughs>
0: yeah
1: i was just say we definitely would not be able to work in the office together <laughs> Social so, trying times. I don't think there's anywhere
2: you could sit in her office and be six feet away from each other. <laughs> no. Maybe if one of us sat high up, like, toward the ceiling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because it's for 100% a one-person office that they put two people into. <laughs> <laughs> well, because teen librarians
2: are really only, like, half of a professional person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it checks out. Yeah um anyway welcome back to Anna Anna previously talked about Red Queen with us and uh now now we're talking about something that's it's close to all of our hearts separately because um <laughs> Kate and I as you may know from listening to the podcast are both uh, pretty big X-Men fans and Anna as you just heard in her introduction is a pretty big Star Trek fan and um I have a like a confession that I is- I always need to just give some disclaimers because it can set <laughs> nerds into, like, quite a tizzy, which is that I've never seen Star Trek, except I just watched a couple of episodes yesterday, but I'll get into that. Uh, I Before this, I'd never seen Star Trek, like, any of it, except I, I saw the reboot movie, the first one, but I never watched any of the show and people are like oh you would love it and I'm like no I believe you Like, I, th- I think that I would like it but I just, I never watched it when I was a kid and then now it just seems like this really insurmountable thing of like oh, there's too much Star Trek and I just feel like if I ever get started into it I will like it and then that will be so many hours of my life just watching all the Star Trek but guess what um, now I got a lot of free time so I did start <laughs> watching Star Trek But I've only scratched the surface of it. So for purposes of discussing this book, I pretty much still have never seen Star Trek.
0: (laughs) I had previously seen a couple episodes of probably each series. Um, I've never seen any of them all the way through. And I could not tell you. It was so long ago. And my memory (laughs) is so bad that I could not fucking tell you anything except for like the most basic facts that even children know about star trek characters
2: (laughs) well and that's what i was gonna say was like um anna was texting me like oh no i hope you guys can understand this book because it's so much about star trek and i was like well like A, I I feel like Star Trek has just sort of permeated the internet enough that all these character names, I'm like, oh, I've seen gifs of this person, like, I know who this person is, and I know who this is, and then we'll get into this, 50% of the people on this ship in this book were not in the show, and they are just made up for the book, um... And then anything, there definitely were a lot of points where I was like, "Eh, this seems like something they probably talk about in the show, but just from reading X-Men comics where there's just so much sci-fi nonsense that it's either like, I'm making a reference to something that happened like a hundred issues ago and you don't remember, or this is new (laughs) and it's just sci-fi nonsense. Like, I was just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Q, I got it. Not the James Bond one? Yeah, I got it. (laughs) different (laughs) (laughs) but what if yeah what if that's the star trek james bond crossover (laughs) oh my gosh i
0: mean it seems like he can
2: shapeshift or whatever
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. we had talked offline before we started recording about how like my biggest similar to renata i was just like whatever this is all washing over me i don't it's you know, it's it's sci-fi. It's the same sci-fi nonsense as any other franchise, so I can kind of, through okay, context, Kate, please. Okay, Kate,
2: don't pick fights with Star Trek fans like that.
0: <laughs> but I had been... There's, like, literally probably more than 50% of this book is about care these characters on this planet which we'll get into which much like renata i had thought like at first oh i wonder if these are somehow tangentially related to actual star trek characters i am not familiar with and uh the answer is no a choice that this author made was to put like more than fifty percent of the book in the head of characters who have nothing to do with either franchise, and that was the real bummer for me <laughs> because I really, honestly, did not care very much about what happened in those parts of the book. And tragically, that is the moral crux of the entire novel.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're this guy's. Uh, they're this guy's Star Trek OCs.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah I definitely have notes for him, like in ways he could have made this book just a modicum amount of better, which is like not that hard <laughs> right
2: um so this this book um it it was came out in nineteen ninety eight and I remember there were a fair number of these like star trek or i think there were star Trek ones there were a lot of x men Paperbacks at my library, which when I was a kid, they didn't have comics because it was a pretty small library, and also it was just on the cusp of that big, like graphic novels count as reading movement. Like when I was a kid, we sort of hadn't had that yet. But I love the X Men cartoon and I loved books. I read all of these X Men paperbacks, and I I think that they had the Star Trek one, but I never checked it out because I was like, well, it's got Star Trek people in the cover, and I don't know that. But I read all the other ones. And they're all, like... And we've talked about movie novelizations before, but these were sort of a special breed where they're, like, so clunky and so trying to replicate these dialogue patterns that only sort of work in comic books. And when you put them in a prose novel, they are just a little bit off the rails, and they're so dedicated to just, like remember the comics remember what they look like in the comics here's what they look like when i describe it to you um mm. and it's wild and then this book by the way i started reading it and i was like oh is this like book two in a series i'm so confused and it's not they have written this novel as a sequel To a one-shot Marvel, like a single-issue Marvel comic called Star Trek: The Next Generation slash X Men number one. There's no number two. It's just like just one issue where they were like, "What if these characters met?" And then they spend a lot of this novel referring back to the events of one single comic book. That
0: I actually own that comic book. What? (laughs) I have never read it, and I don't know where. I almost went to go find it yesterday. What? Um, when I realized that. This is a thing. I had never read it. I bought it at, like, a trunk sale, Um, like, one of those, like, big comic warehouses where it's, like, everything's a dollar, take whatever you want, and it was just, like, a weird curiosity, and I was like, oh, it's a dollar, I'll buy it, and it is somewhere in all of my boxes of comics, but uh, we moved less, about a month ago, I guess, a little bit more than a month ago, and then the pandemic happened, so nothing has really (laughs) happened with unpacking in my house, Uh, Including all of my comics Which I can see at least two of my Short boxes are buried under other Boxes in one corner of my room And there are two more somewhere else So I There was really no hope of ever finding it But yes I do actually own That comic book
2: Wow!
0: If I can find it before this Episode goes up and I Maybe I will take some photos of It for us To link to
2: Nice um, we can we can put it on our new Instagram, which we have. We're on Instagram now at Worst Dollars with an S um, promo. We, uh, <laughs> but I I felt like again, I think just because of reading comic, like I read a lot of comics, but not in a way, not in a completest way. I guess so I'm pretty used to like, all right, you're talking about something that happened before, and I guess from context I can figure out basically like, you guys met before, and like Wolverine and Worf became friends, and. I get it
0: yeah it was. there was nothing in it that was like insurmountable it just was a, a very interesting choice although I guess if you were like a mega fan of both of these franchises in 1998 enough to pick up this book you probably were enough of a fan to pick up the comic as well
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, I didn't know who Banshee was, so I had to look them up. And then I was like, oh, he was in one of the movies, which I did see, but I didn't remember.
2: Well, and so in the movies, they he's not Irish anymore. And in the comics, that was basically his one character trait.
0: Was, <laughs> his uh, one was personality <laughs> trait was that was, he is very Irish.
2: Yeah, and especially the X-Men comics of this era relied so much on an overwrought accent work like written out dialogue accents and uh that he's got one nightcrawler's got one wolverine doesn't even have an accent exactly i guess it's a canadian accent but wolverine's dialogue is bananas
0: Ugh, it's beautiful <laughs> if only we had rogue and gambit to oh round my- out the. oh my god i would die
2: And by the way, and it's a weird cast of X Men. I guess this is probably what the team lineup was at this point in time. Uh, um, Let's get into the book, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think before we before just to comment on the team thing, and this could be incorrect. Don't come at me, comics people. I believe at this point in the, and maybe maybe it's not at this point in the um, Marvel universe. The X-Men are divided into the blue team and the gold team.
2: Mm. And I think this
0: is the gold team.
2: Mm, that makes sense. I yeah. do remember that.
0: Anyway, let's
2: get into the book. <laughs> yeah. So it starts, it has two prologues, or like <laughs> or like one officially designated <laughs> prologue, and then a chapter one that is actually still a prologue, in my opinion. <laughs> But we we start off with our prologue on the planet, and I guess we need to get consistent on how we're going to pronounce this planet. It's spelled X-H-A-L-D-I-A, like Exaldia, Shaldia.
0: Exaldia, I think it's, lean on to the X, it's planet
2: X. Planet X, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so there's this planet called Exaldia, which um, not not ever seen on Star Trek, Anna? No. Totally made up for this book, cool, cool, cool.
1: No, they do mention um, that their closest uh, people are the Breen, which uh, the Breen Confederacy, like, is a mysterious alien race that no one really knows about, and they wear like Star Wars esque uh, like mask helmets. Ooh. So, this author was just like, no one knows about what's going on near the Breen, so I'll just make up this random planet, and everyone will just accept it.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. So we meet this this guy named Arid who is about to go on his coming-of-age vision quest type thing, which I guess they do at age 22 on that planet. I don't know, I guess it's like you've graduated from college and now you go on your vision quest. But <laughs> um, instead, he starts what what we as X-Men fans would recognize as a, as a scene of, like, someone suddenly developing their mutant power, but they don't have <clears throat> that terminology on exceldia And he's just like, oh, God, like, I can... Um, what is it? He can send energy beams from his body, like. From his fingertips. Yeah. Oh, and his. But his whole body turns, like, gross.
0: Yeah. <laughs> in a thing that's never totally clear, like what. He. All of his veins bulge and turn purple, and his body is heavy, quote unquote.
2: Yeah, I could and not get a mental picture of what was going on with this dude. No, no. Me yeah. Either.
1: There was too much about like veins and like bulging that I was it was I was like, this is so weirdly phallic that I yes. don't understand why. Yeah. And then he's like shooting energy from his fingers. And I was like, I'm so uncomfortable with every part of it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. it's not great.
2: He basically <laughs> turned into like a human boner.
0: <laughs> Ooh, why'd you put it in words? Sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's going on with him. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, X- the X-Men have just sort of popped out of space onto a Starbase 88.
0: And uh, the like security officer on Starbase 88 finds them and they immediately say, like, oh, hey. Once they figure out, like, they see what uniform he's wearing, they're like, oh, he's wearing the same uniform as... Could you put us in contact with Captain Picard? And then it's like, gasp, they know... Picard we need to do something about that Um, and it flips back after that to Worf who is returning to the Enterprise to do something vague that I've already forgotten what it was uh, and he is, of course, angry. He has just gotten married and he is angry that all of his old Enterprise friends are going to make fun of him. And he certainly doesn't want that to happen. And then he shows up and there's no one there to greet him. And Picard is real chill to him and doesn't even mention his marriage. And he's like, oh, this is what I want it. But also I'm sad. But that's because they have, of course, planned a surprise party for him because he is part of their family and they are happy that he has returned to visit them.
2: By the way, Anna, did this moment like place it place it in time for you or something?
1: Uh, Yes, it did. So I I can explain it if you want, but I don't want to bore your uh, loyal listeners by star trek lore but i mean, um, okay based you know on it, reactions i've gotten on twitter i think a lot of our loyal listeners are also uh big
2: old star trek nerds so they'll probably enjoy this um you know just a just a quick recap right, okay. what's up with Worf?
1: <laughs> what's up with Worf is that um after next generation he goes to um he gets transferred to deep space nine uh and then is becomes a series regular on deep space nine in like season four i think um and so sorry he's just not, interject uh, which deep space
2: yeah i was just gonna so does that mean this whole book is set after the end of series of star trek uh next generation
1: yes okay so it takes place after the end of the series um uh, next generation after the events of Star Trek First Contact, um, the movie that came out in 1996, which is where they talk about that when they go back in time, presumably then they met the X-Men that happens in Star Trek First Contact. Um, and they mentioned the Dominion War, uh, which is like 2370 something. Um Oh my gosh, I'm so cool. And so Worf (laughs) ends up being (laughs) on Deep Space Nine and is in command of a ship called the Defiant for a while, which is based out of Deep Space Nine. So he's not like with the crew of the Enterprise at this moment. Got it. All
2: right, so that's what's up with Worf.
0: (laughs) Uh, But after, during the middle of Worf's surprise party... Uh, they get a message that the commander of this starbase starbase 88 uh, wants to talk to Picard and uh, like he and Picard are old buddies and when Picard calls him he's like hey how are you doing great glad to hear that um some people showed up on my base and they say they know you and they have very strange code names like Wolverine and Storm and Picard's like ah shit like yes excellent I do know (laughs) these weirdos
2: I just want to oh. interject that, and he starts to say, he's like Wolverine well, and Storm, and Arch, and he's about to say Ar- Archangel, I guess, but written out, um, he cuts off after Arch, and I was like, oh, what if he was about to say Archie, and this is also a Riverdale
1: tie-in?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would read that.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Picard heads over, well, I think at some point we find out at, that there's all of these new folks who are mutants or transformed as they're called on this other planet exalia Mm -hmm. exal exaldia whatever Whatever.
2: planet x yeah it it keeps cutting back and forth um and by the way we all got this on ebook and they'd um they you know scanned this or whatever to make it into an ebook based off of the mass market paperback from 1998 and they just clearly did not spend a ton of time on that. And there's a lot of weird formatting errors in this ebook that I paid $14.99 for from
0: yes, Amazon. This fucking book was $15. I had to wait until I got paid to buy an ebook. Ugh. Let that sink in.
1: Well, and I was so annoyed because I actually got the paperback book as a gift, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago from an ex boyfriend. And then I. I either threw it away after we broke up or like someone borrowed it because it's so ridiculous. And so I was like, no, I had this. Like, I had the paperback. What happened to oh, it? No. So then I also had to spend $15 on this dumb book <laughs> that I used to own. Oh, oh that's a true nerd tragedy. Oof. I know. <laughs> but anyway,
2: so it's hopping back and forth a lot between the Enterprise and the Starbase 88 and Exaldia. But sometimes just mid-paragraph and i would assume that at least it would be a new paragraph if not like line of asterisks in the print version but sometimes like not, and that just added an extra <laughs> layer of confusion to this reading process
0: yeah um so on Exaldia, uh all of the transformed folks uh they're concerned about how the the people in charge of exaldi are concerned about like these transformed folks who have these powers so they round them all up and put them in a prison-esque building it's unclear to me whether they are actually locked in their cells all the time but they are certainly locked in this building uh and they really only I, i think they
2: got a lot of like yard time
0: yeah, like they have meals together and then they can go out into the yard and socialize and then at sundown, they're all brought back to their rooms or cells, depending on what is really going on. Um, and Arid, er- Erid, whatever, our protagonist really of this book uh, is very upset with himself because he thinks that he is ugly and horrible and uh, he's not allowed to call his family and tell them what's happened. Uh, he's basically trapped here the guy in charge seems to feel pretty bad about it but not that bad because he still is the guy in charge of a mutant prison so (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then back on um, the space back in space
2: (laughs) back on the space
0: (laughs) yes Uh, picard shows up to uh, pick up all the X-Men and when he gets there they're like, oh great, it's nice to meet you again Wolverine's in the brig uh, <laughs> which is just characterization I guess rings true so, so true,
2: yes yes. and then he, by the way, so then he, uh, Counselor Troy goes to get him out of the brig and Wolverine immediately starts hitting on her which is a hilarious, but then I started watching Star Trek and I was like I get it I, I, <laughs> I didn't, Counselor Troy anyway <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: she's hot. She's hot. Uh, so they pick them up and they bring them back to the Enterprise, and uh, they all like have like clear bonding moments with the people who they had been friends with during the comic, like Worf and uh, Wolverine. Are like, oh, like let's do a training programs together that are hard, and then because we're fighting people, we're, and, we're battle
2: bros. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, Picard's like, ah, oh, like Storm, come hang out and have tea and let us like flirt in a very staid, quiet, distant fashion.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's very Space Wasp flirting. Yes. Um, uh, actually, you know what? That's kind of it. Like, <laughs> I guess um, Dr. Crusher is chill with some of the other ones.
0: Yeah, they're trying to figure out. So the the MacGuffin in this book is that at the end of the comic, they all had some, I guess, sort of device that let them go back to their own world.
2: It's called and a time it, hook, and I don't need to know anything else about it.
0: Yes, it's time and it hook. it worked. <laughs> it worked for Picard, but it did not work for the X Men. So these X Men had literally just seen Picard, but for Picard, it's been a year, um, and they can't figure out why theirs didn't work. Uh, so they are being examined by dr crusher and they're trying to figure out what they can do to get back home to their own quote-unquote frame of reference mm-hmm. so we'll go with that
2: the answer is space particles
0: Spoiler. yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> always yeah by the way uh what is it v- viraton Veridoron? oh Verderon. is that a real thing and by real i mean real to the star trek lore Oh, it's real in Star Trek. Cool, cool,
0: cool. So this that kind of is what goes on for a while is there's lots of like comical scenes of like Nightcrawler and um Angel and or Archangel, I'm sorry, and at this uh, point in time Kitty yeah, and Kitty um kind of like causing shenanigans on the uh Enterprise and meeting up with various Star Trek characters who are like, "Oh, like these Weird strangers who are friends with our captain are really weird and have strange powers and all sorts of different things.
2: And to be fair, they are being pretty annoying. Like, Warren is being just flying down the hallway annoying. with his wings. And Kitty, like, you know, if, if you're not an X-Men fan, like, her power, she can phase through things and so she can walk through walls. But also, if she ever goes through an electronics thing, it usually fries out the electronics because of mutant powers and um that seems really dangerous to be doing on a ship honestly. Like she yeah. she fucks up somebody's holodeck program or whatever, but it's like you probably could have like shut down the whole ship. Like maybe be careful with that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, So these are sort of peppered throughout, interspersed with scenes of uh, the issues going on on Exaldia, where, like, some new transformed people show up, and they are, like, really fancy. One of them is basically the transformed version of Magneto, and you can immediately tell. Yep. uh, You know, like, these prisons can't (laughs) hold us. Like, we're better than these people. We should be in charge. And, um... They try to do a rebellion, but they are all stunned very quickly. Uh, so then they try to do another rebellion later, and they uh, succeed <laughs> in escaping this prison. Yeah. And when they get out, they're all like, oh, like, let's you know run for the hills and get out of here now that we're free. And he's like, no, we're all going to go as a group to the capital city and take it over and be the kings of this planet. And it is just... It's just, it's a very quick escalation (laughs) between let's get out of jail and now I'm a megalomaniac. Like, it is the sort of transformation that took place over years, theoretically, in the history of Magneto. And we're supposed to believe that everyone buys it in, like, a split second. Partially because, like, the two people who immediately are like, we don't buy this, are killed. Mm -hmm. But also... I
2: mean, also because this isn't a comic book series, it's just one book and you got to get your whole story in there.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, things in space move pretty fast.
0: Apparently. Warp speed. Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, you got it. catching on. And then also somewhere in here, we find out that uh, Arid, Irid, the weird vain guy uh, his older brother human
1: boner I believe we're not oh, I didn't want please. to say those words though. that's his code name
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, can, you can call him HB it's fine
0: <laughs> um, he, uh, he his brother is a minor character on the Enterprise a minor character in this book not a minor character on the actual television series
2: yeah, uh, I, spiritually a red shirt. I don't know what he was wearing, but, yes. you know, and he didn't die. Um,
1: I I think he was a con officer, so he probably was wearing a red shirt. Nice. Um.
0: <laughs> uh, so he's like real sad because when he left his younger brother... Uh, wouldn't go to see him off because people from their planet don't leave and he decided to leave and his brother has taken that as a betrayal and now he's turned 22 and he hasn't heard from him and probably it's because he hates him still and he has a lot of angst about it and uh, And I think it's just
2: a lot of this relationship between these two characters who we've never met before when there's like 50 other more interesting people surrounding them
0: (laughs) Yeah, like this is literally <laughs> 90% of the blot, plot of this book takes place on Exaldia. Okay, a every place-
2: time we tell it, it becomes more and more on Exaldia. And, but, but it is a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it's, it, it, it is just like, the well, the plot, like, I would say like still like 50% of the book takes place okay. there but 90% of the plot is based around like this rebellion and all the stuff on the Enterprise is mostly just like these trying like, to little... get there
2: in time for the rebellion yeah and like character uh, moments while they're traveling
0: yeah and like even because even before they're going for the rebellion it's just like lots of these scenes of like your favorite characters from Star Trek and X-Men interacting and then it, it's like not until a bit of the ways into the book that they find out that something's wrong and then like all of the it, it's just like a weird, a weird slant. So like it is all of this this drama happening on this planet, interspersed with like Wolverine goes to the bar and he is unimpressed with the drink that he gets. So he asks for Worf's favorite drink, a warrior's drink, and they hand him a mug full of prune juice, because that's Worf's favorite drink. Ha ha ha. What a funny joke. Um and just like stuff like that. Like uh Arcade. And by the keeps- way,
2: I just wanna fact
1: check. Anna, is that Wharf's favorite drink? Is that a thing? Yes. Is <laughs> Yes. It's a like an honestly amazing and favorite i would say fan favorite joke that that is Worf's like favorite drink would rather drink prune juice over like klingon blood wine which is what all the other klingons drink um it's worth so i was very happy i was like yeah he's drinking prune juice
2: <laughs> although honestly i mean from what we've seen of wolverine at least like he eats such a meat-based diet that like probably yeah he probably could benefit from some prune juice <laughs> <I
0: don't know. laughs> You know, there's there's another scene where Archangel is keeps flying at, like, top speed through the hallways and scaring people, startling people, and uh, Picard yells at him and tells him to, like, have some decorum in the ship, and Angel's like, oh, well, you know, if you had wings, wouldn't you want to fly? And he's like, well, I understand, but also, like, you're inside a spaceship, like, chill, my dude! And then Storm, like, kind of lectures him about, like, not being nice to Angel, it's just like all of these weird one-off scenes.
2: One of my favorites is somewhere in there when Warren's in trouble, he starts talking to Troy, and he straight up asks, "Are you a rich girl?" Which then gave me Hall and Oates earworm <laughs> for like fifty pages.
0: <laughs> and then he like lectures her on privilege, yep. but also, but also he's Warren Worthington the third.
2: Well, and I I think that's what, I mean, he's saying, like, I have privilege and I know it, but, like, so do you, and, like, we have to be responsible, and, like,
0: you're a rich girl. It's just, it's just weird, it's just weird, it's a weird choice that this is, yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that happens. Um, By the way, Anna, other... I'm
2: just looking at your nose. I would just love it if you could tell us a little bit what you've written here about Troy's
1: privilege, because that's a really good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Troy is from um, Beta Z. She is. Uh, she has a. In the show, her mother is played by um, Majel Barrett, who is uh, in real life the actress was married to Gene Roddenberry, and she played Nurse Chapel on the original series. She's the voice. Uh, the voice of the computer, um, and she's also plays a character of Deanna's mom, who is like old and super horny for Picard, and just actually horny all the time for everyone. And one of her things is that she uh Lwaxana, Deanna's mom, talks about how she's the daughter of the fifth house, the holder of the sacred chalice of Rick's heir to the holy rings of Beta Z. And she says that like all the time, talking about like how awesome and great she is. So I was like, yeah. Deanna is a rich girl. She is, like, <laughs> heir to the whole earrings of Beta Z. <laughs> uh, I just loved it.
0: <laughs> that does remind me that, like, this, the author of this book, the number of times that he, instead of using names or pronouns, it turns into these weird epithets of, like, the beta Z or the X-Man singular <laughs> <laughs> or the mutant Zed. It's pretty funny. It is definitely, like you know a 13 year old's fan fiction Mm -hmm. it's pretty wild Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um god what the fuck else happens in this book um
2: well um at some point yeah they got a distress call and um the enterprise was the closest ship to like in space to this remote planet which is coincidentally why they get to go be the ones to help resolve was whatever's happening but meanwhile we see this other alien um race like, like this other alien ship is making moves on ex aldia and through like again it'll randomly switch perspective to these people and they're like yes like we've seeded this planet and now it's coming to fruit and and I guess, and this is never super clear because whatever. But I guess they did something to this planet a long time ago to make them have mutants, and now they want to come and collect these mutants to make them be their soldiers. And so we're yeah. just every so often checking in on these people, which I forget what they're called. Yeah. Oh, the Dracon. Uh, Dracon.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, as far as I know, not a real Star Trek um,
0: species um but yeah so the at this point the transformed have under the uh leadership of rahatan i guess is his name he we, magneto. we can just
2: call him space magneto yeah
0: space magneto uh <laughs> he has kind of bullied or convinced everyone to go to the city and that they're gonna like take over all of the city but then these aliens show up and start trying to capture them so they're in distress and the leadership had already sent that distress call because of the transformed taking over the city. Uh, but now they want to send another distress call from, because these aliens are attacking, but they can't because the aliens destroy all their communication satellites. So the, the enterprise is on the way and he, they like finally get there and they get into like a fight with the other ship and they like lose their shields and they come up with like some Star Trek-y way to get on the ship and fight the people anyway. And
2: yeah, yeah, there's like some back some, you know, satisfying nerdy back and forth about the difference between Nightcrawler's teleportation versus the way um um beaming someone up what is it called when they do that? transporting thank you <laughs> i was gonna say that and then i was like oh i thought it was something more sci-fi
1: yeah when they do well i mean that like beam me up scotty is like a classic original series yeah line. Yeah, yeah so you're you're right you're right yeah, when they get beamed up um yeah anyway they go back and forth about
2: the different it's something that i imagine for a true fan of both franchises, that would be satisfying to have this kind of detail, like, well, like on a molecular level, da-da-da, but um, anyway, that, they do that. I liked it. Yeah, they do
0: that. <laughs> 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 there's a lot of, like, team-ups, because they, you know, they've reached the planet, so they're going to go down to try and help, so there's a lot of, like, team-ups between uh, X-Men and Star Trek people, where they have, like, cutesy dialogues back and forth, and, like, are working together. I mean that—that's kind of what's happening. Is they—they they manage to, through like various, they lose a couple of red shirts, um, two so, of whom, two,
2: mm, Yeah, go for it. Two
0: of whom who they do survive, but two of the red shirts are named uh, Ditko and Kirby, and I believe there's one named Lee as well, but they don't talk about him as much as they talk about Ditko and Kirby.
2: And they keep, which are of course Marvel Comics creators. Names, yes.
0: Which uh, is cute. And, there's like drama on the ship because they think that they've disabled the dracon's shields but actually they had backup shields so they only were able to get a couple like of the raiding party onto the ship before the backup shields went up and now like they're overwhelmed but also wolverine is there and he's good at murdering people so they do okay Uh, Gosh, what else? Back on on the planet, on Planet X. uh, They were able to round up most of the transforms and a lot of them, uh, including, like, the Star Trek man's brother, come along (laughs) quietly.
2: Yeah, yeah, they have some talks where they're, like, you know, just sort of standard X-Men dialogue about how, like, we're feared and hated, but we must work to protect others to create a more perfect world and you know vary that
0: storm beats the ass of space magneto yeah which was very satisfying
2: yeah that was good um at some point they reveal that in the holodeck they've created a version of professor xavier based on like memory data they formed when they met some i don't know like they made a USB backup of his personality when they met in person, I guess.
0: <laughs> and they're running his program so that he can help them figure out how to get the X-Men home.
2: Yeah. And everyone's a- like, oh this guy looks like Picard. And this was like before the movie even came out. So it was it was just like cute. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, so they, they beat all the bad guys. They round up all of the transformed Um, they come up with a way that they can change the transformed back but if they change back they'll lose their powers forever and they some of them are very excited about that but some of them including penis boy or whatever human Human boner Boner.
2: thank you are (laughs) like
0: oh but I don't want to lose my powers it's a weird it's a strange choice
2: well and it, it's something that we've seen replicated in the x-men like multiple times also just but, every so often we have to have this thing of like should we should we be cured even if our powers are bad
0: mm. yeah it's just like it's a weird to have him be the one who's like no i want to stay as like a human boner, forever. yeah yeah it, it's just a weird because the thing that people always point out about the x-men is that like frequently it's rogue who wants to be cured because her she literally can't touch another human being you know when like other mutants have cool powers like flying and you know manipulating the weather and like shooting fireworks out of their hands like it's stuff that they can largely control and it's fine and it you know it's it's not Equivalent to be like, and this woman who kills anyone she touches, she also should learn to accept her powers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's also interesting because like the Planet X people have been transformed slash mutants for what like three days. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, it's not all like the X Men have had like. Right. Like they've had like lifetimes to figure out how to be X Men, and it's like part of them, but. He's like, human boner is like, man, I really love being a human boner for the last three days. I'd like to keep this forever.
0: Like, I can't even imagine being like 22 and having them say this haircut you have when you're 22 will be the only haircut you can have for the rest of your life. Like, even that seems like a poor choice, let alone you've been turned into a monster who can't like walk really well and who shoots energy out of his fingers whenever he steps into sunlight like you are going to be like this for the rest of your life and that is a choice you are making now at 22 I mean I guess
2: theoretically he probably could reach back out and be like oh I changed my mind can you guys give me the Enterprise's phone number <laughs> but <laughs> yeah um, and then they solve their time hook problem and um, send the X-Men back to where they belong in time and space and, you know, get, get a few more little cutesy bits of um, dialogue in before they go. Yeah. This is,
0: you know. Oh, it's... but
1: then the epilogue. Are we going to talk about the epilogue? I already yeah. forgot what happens in the epilogue, but tell me. The epilogue is when it's Q and the Marvel Q are like, oh, just kidding. We did this. Like, because Q's like a trickster, omnipotent. Uh, trickster who does whatever he wants all the time and is always like screwing around with the enterprise it's like oh fun joke I played haha yeah and
2: then the watcher uh, and the watcher is always just like I'm just supposed to watch like I'm just supposed to watch all of the time space continue and not interfere except for like when it's a really special comics book event and then I will interfere (laughs) and uh, it's like these this is a good energy I like I would I would read a book about Q and the watcher
0: yeah, it's it's just okay. like a weird like wink at the end of the book. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I again I just started watching Star Trek and Q's in the first episode and I was into, I mean he had like three different capes in one episode. I <laughs> I have no choice but to stand this cape wearing <laughs> time bandit. I don't know. I don't really fully understand what what he is, but I like his
1: style is like a part of something called the Q Continuum which is like this group of like omnipotent beings who can have like basically god powers and do whatever but yeah Q is the best um, and he's hilarious and he shows up a lot in uh, TNG he's awesome
2: great Um. yeah so that's basically this book I mean I think, I think it's been pretty clear throughout that there's a lot of cute moments but overall it's so focused on this like pointless space nonsense and i really wish the ratio had been reversed
0: it's it would have been i would have much more enjoyed an entire book that was like hey like here are the wild personality shenanigans that everyone gets into when they meet and like all of like the conversations they have and the hijinks they get up to on a spaceship but they they don't do that. I mean, they do it a little, but a lot of it is like an X-Men comic is happening on this planet and you have to read about it instead of looking at it and then the X-Men will come and save the day.
1: Yeah, for all his sort of like fan service winks to like prune juice and like blah 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 like he doesn't the author doesn't really give people what they want which is a lot of x men enterprise character interaction just like people will read this shit like cuz that's what they're like oh yeah that'd be sweet give me more of that and he's like no i'm just going to talk about these other dudes <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and especially because the other dudes, I mean, it's so just replicating basically the kind of origin story of the X Men. It's like we've seen this a thousand times before, but now it's these characters that we don't have an existing, like we don't care about, and we're never going to see them again. Yeah,
1: it's right. A choice. Well, and I was thinking, like, if this was an actual Star Trek episode, like they would totally do the sort of like a plot, b plot, switching back and forth between the planet and the Enterprise. But the um, difference would be that, like, they'd have, like, an Enterprise crew person on the planet when this started going down. And so then you'd have that connection of, like, oh, no, Troy's trapped there because she was at a conference or whatever. (laughs) Which they always are going to conferences and then shenanigans happen where their (laughs) conference is. So then you'd be like, oh, I do care about it because, like, I like Troy (laughs) (laughs) or whoever. Um, Speaking of
2: which, one of the things I guess we didn't get into is, like, early middle book some of the enterprise crew members are like weirded out by the mutants having mutant powers and then they have to have this conversation that's like well it's not really that weird um i mean like you guys have aliens and stuff and it's like yeah like your your counselor i don't understand by the way what ship's counselor means as a job but she can like read thoughts and feelings like a mutant can like it's not that weird like, you guys see weird yeah. stuff all the time. Calm down. That's all.
1: Yes. Supposedly, she's supposed to, like, help with people's mental health and, like, advise the captain on things. Okay. So, like, um, literally, like, a counselor. I, like I, a counselor, I, I thought maybe yeah. <laughs> she was, like, their space lawyer. And I was like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so far, all I know about no, her but is there she are can, couple. <laughs> she can read minds and she has great hair and a weirdly sexy uniform. And I love her, but I don't know what her job is okay yeah no (laughs) like
1: literal counselor (laughs) you know
2: what? that's good that's a valuable position for a spaceship to have yeah nice
0: yeah so i i feel like that's that is really a summary of a what happens in the book and b our feelings of the book
2: which are fine
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah should we move on to some dramatic readings
0: that sounds good
2: yeah, we've by the way you're welcome we've chosen three character or three uh, selections that are what we want which is the Star Trek X-Men interactions. We're not reading you any of the shit about human Boner because you don't need that you just don't So yeah Kate'll have our first dramatic reading which is counselor Troy getting and see again this is I think is also partly as like space lawyer I guess she's not anyway counselor Troy. <laughs> Uh, gets Logan out of the brig back on Starbase 88.
0: All right. As Troy accompanied security chief Clark going along one of the Starbase's curving corridors, she used her Betazoid senses to locate Wolverine and probe the mutant state of mind. What she found in him was anger and frustration in equal parts. Mm-hmm. The anger was primitive, instinctual. What an animal might have felt at being caged. The frustration came from the restraint he had to exercise, lest he compound his offense by attempting to tear up his cell. I don't mind telling you, said Clark, he did quite a bit of damage. Troy let her empathic contact with Wolverine lapse. Oh, she replied. Two tables, several chairs, and a replicator, the security officer enumerated, and of course one of the bulkheads. The counselor looked at her. One of the bulkheads? Clark nodded the counselor nodded i see he's just up ahead said clark she turned to her guest you sure you can handle this troy nodded if the prisoner acts up i'll just use a few mcbara moves on him the chief looked at her you're joking right the counselor didn't sense any real amusement on clark's part trying to she said a moment later they came in sight of the brig its force field was transparent except for an occasional white spark As Troy got closer, she could see a pair of booted feet inside, one crossed over the other. Lieutenant Clark. uh, Lieutenant Clark, Wolverine said without turning around. Troy took up a position in front of the brig where she could get a good look at Wolverine. He was masked, as always, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Counselor, he acknowledged. His anger was gone now, the frustration too. A new complex of emotions was taking hold in the mutant, a mixture of happiness and relief, along with a hint of Troy blushed. Wolverine grinned. You don't know how glad I am to see you, darling. Whatever they say I did, don't believe it. They say you were acting disorderly, the the counselor told him. The prisoner shrugged. All I wanted was a glass of milk before bedtime. Is that so much to ask? (laughs) Troy didn't answer his question. Instead, she said, Captain Picard's arranged for your release. Huh, Wolverine graded it. I knew he'd come through for us sooner or later. Clark glanced at the betasoid. Last chance to reconsider, she said. If I try real hard, I can convince the Admiral to keep him here. Troy couldn't help chuckling a little. Orders are orders, she said. I think you better release him. So, yeah, you know, Wolverine, <laughs> horny and always masked, I guess. I know,
2: and that was, I, I, from this author's bio, he's more, um more of a Star Trek guy. And I guess also I haven't really read all of the 90s comics, so maybe he did keep his mask on all the time. But he definitely didn't seem to have a good grasp of, like, the downtime X-Men. Because, like, in general, (laughs) they don't wear their uniforms all the time. Like, they're not super locked into secret identities the way, like, a Batman is.
0: Yeah, like... having them only called their code name throughout the whole thing was very weird to me.
2: Yeah. Well, um, speaking of which here is, um, here's my dramatic reading, which is, um, storm and Picard. Speaking of names, here's storm and Picard chatting, um, in a, in a mildly flirtatious way. It has been nearly a year since we returned to our timeline, the captain explained, as gently as he could. The mutant shook her head, appearing to wrestle with the concept. So you haven't seen us for quite some time, though it seems to me as if I saw you the day before yesterday. Indeed, said Picard. Storm grunted softly. No doubt you were surprised to hear from us. I was, the captain agreed, though to be honest, I often found myself thinking about you. He realized how that must have sounded and felt his cheeks flush. It was not a pleasant sensation. That is, he added quickly, about your group. To be honest, I had never encountered anyone quite like you. The mutant took a sip of her tea, her blue eyes gleaming with reflected light. As much as a man like you must have encountered, I imagine that is saying a lot. It was, but that didn't make it any less true. In all of his years of space exploration, Picard had never come across anything, anything exactly like Storm, or, for that matter, her fellow X-Men. Picard leaned forward in his seat. Rest assured, Storm, we will do everything in our power to find a way to get you home, and to do so as expeditiously as possible. Even without the time hook devices, there are other methods, other options at our disposal." However, finding the right one will require your cooperation. Aurora, she said. He looked at her, puzzled by her response. I beg your pardon? My name is Aurora, she told him. Storm is just my nom de guerre. The captain smiled. Aurora, then. He resisted, inviting her to call him Jean-Luc. That's it. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> we get a name revealed. But it's weird because like they call her
1: Aurora all the time in the comics.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Alright, I'm gonna read from uh, Wolverine is in... Well, he's not in 10 forward because that's Enterprise D. This is an Enterprise E. Uh, so he's in like fake 10 forward bar and he is looking for a Strong drink and is annoyed that they don't have real alcohol on Starfleet ships. They only have a synthahol. Um <laughs> and, Yep. And I um, I, just, I love this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. One of us. One of <laughs> us. Um, so he goes to talk to Guinan, who's the bartender played by Whoopi Goldberg. Um, and he says that he wants a, Uh, something with a kick. Ah, Guinan said, you want a warrior's drink. Wolverine grunted. You're catching on. The bartender leaned forward, crooked her finger, and beckoned her guest with it, as if she wanted to tell him a secret. He leaned forward as well. I don't want to embarrass you, Guinan said, in a voice so soft only the two of them could hear it, especially in front of all these Starfleet types. But I don't think you could handle the kind of stuff Worf cozies up to. The mutant looked at her and smiled. That sounds like a challenge, darling. Maybe it is. Do you accept? Guynan asked, returning his smile. You see, I got this mutant healing factor going for me. Ask Dr. Crusher if you don't believe me. Whatever kind of punishment I take, my body bounces back. How about that? I get beat to a pulp, he told her. I'm good as new before you can rustle up some band-aids. Impressive, Guynan responded. You can slug down a warrior's drink and still feel fine because of your healing factor. Wolverine merely nodded again. Reaching under her bar, she produced a ceramic mug the size of her head and set it before the moon. She then made her way to the refrigeration unit, took out a jug of Worf's favorite drink, and opened the top of it. Guinan poured the dark, pungent liquid into the mug, filling the thing all the way to the top. Then she replaced the top on the jug and watched her guest's nose wrinkle up. He peered into the glass. What is it? he demanded. Prune juice, Guinan said, smiling. "'A warrior's drink.' "'She looked at Wolverine, feigning surprise. "'Unless, of course, you're not the warrior you say you are.' "'The mutant considered the stuff, then looked up. "'You are feisty,' he told her with just a hint of admiration. "'Takes one to know one,' the bartender noted. "'She half expected Wolverine to mutter a curse and walk away. "'After all, a mug of prune juice was a mug of prune juice.' "'But to his credit, he didn't back off from his promise.' Picking up the mug, he drained the whole thing right down to the dregs. When he was done, he wiped his mouth with the back of his gloved hand. Hit the spot, he rasped, unwilling to even give an inch. It sure will, Gynan agreed. Mm-hmm. What a guy. Ugh. So
2: heroic. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, so again, like those bits, I mean, a little clunky sometimes, but like fun. But a lot of the book, not that fun. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to play some Would You Rather? Yeah. Great, because we're going to. Yes. (laughs) Um, Would you rather visit the Enterprise or Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters?
0: I think I would have to say the Enterprise because it's in space in the future, which seems cool, whereas Xavier School is in a different world in the present where everyone's really mean all the time so yeah mm.
1: yeah uh, i think surprising no one um <laughs> who's listened thus far i would like 100 <laughs> percent um go to the enterprise um sorry mutants that's why i'm gonna go to xavier's school
2: i'm scared of space and <laughs> um you know it, it would be cool I, I could be friends with wolverine and drink prune juice with him
0: like my loyalty is to the x-men obviously everyone knows that but you know i the idea of space in the future seems cool yeah
2: all right well now we're gonna play a couple rounds of fucking marrying killing which is of course in tribute to bill o'reilly's killing series so we must use the gerund forms um (laughs) so first up our Star Trek round fucking marrying, killing Picard, Riker, and Troy. Um, <laughs> all right. I mean, I can go, I feel like it's clear to me that I'm all right. Go
0: for it. I'm still I'm, thinking.
2: I'm marrying Troy because she can, like, you know, read my thoughts and be very sensitive to me, and maybe I can borrow some of her fashions. I'm um, fucking Riker. <laughs> And I'm killing Picard, but I feel like he's such a major character that he'll, like, be back in the next season. So it's it's not going to stick if I kill Picard, you know what I mean? Sorry, if I'm i killing Picard.
0: Yeah, yeah I think, <laughs> I think I'm fucking Troy marrying Picard and killing Riker. I think that's how I'm gonna, it, it's gonna shake out for me. Yeah, because I can't imagine fucking either of the other two. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, we're all so different. I'm um, fucking Picard, uh, because he's still incredibly hot. Um, I'm marrying Riker. Um, since I've had a crush on him since I was literally like eight. Aww. Um, he only gets hotter as he gets fatter and older. So, um. <laughs> in Renato once you're watching to. the later yes once he gets his beard and gains like 20 pounds ugh amazing I was, um, I am
2: shook by season 1 no beard Riker because in all the gifs he's definitely beard Riker
1: yeah oh. the show gets better once Riker has a beard and their uniforms have collars ah. uh, which is like season 3 so um, anyway and then that mean- does mean killing Troy um, just i'm sad about it but whatever sometimes it
2: just be like that yeah um speaking of picard and the uniforms by the way that is i mean his pecs at least in the two episodes i watched so far i mean he has like a b cup of pecs and some of it (laughs) some of it must be uniform padding but it's
1: wild deuce ripped like (laughs) yeah no for sure it's so weird. He cause... might be wearing the Star Trek bra um, <laughs> that all the, like, uh, women actresses had to wear, just basically made their boobs bigger.
2: I mean, truly, it looks like that. Um, <laughs> and I mean, maybe partly because I'm just so used to seeing him as as Xavier, and now, you know, of course, he's younger, but, like, B-Cup, I'm telling you, this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the first couple season uniforms are like weird um, jumpsuit situations. Once they change to like pants and like a over sweater type of thing, I think they're less form fitting. Um, so less Picard boob. <laughs> okay, I'll stick with it. Yeah. All
2: right. All right. And then um, here's our other round um for the X Men, fucking Marion killing Storm, Shadowcat, and Nightcrawler. Um, I am using their code names here as the book prescribes. Um, also, Shadowcat is sort of ambiguously aged in this book, but we're, she's uh, sh- she's over eighteen in our scenario. <laughs> Just to be clear,
0: um, I think <sighs> I think it looking, yeah, if I'm thinking about Shadowcat as like Kitty now in the comics, who's like a teacher. And an adult, I would be (laughs) fucking Kitty, marrying Storm, and killing Nightcrawler. Sorry, bud. No, wait, I'm changing my mind. I'm fucking Storm, marrying Kitty, and killing Nightcrawler. Uh, Storm has like seven husbands. She doesn't need an additional wife. It's fine.
2: Storm has some
1: baggage. I think I would do the same. Uh, yeah, I was very similar, except I was um, fucking Kitty and marrying Storm. So Sorry, Kurt. She just seems so like she could straighten out my life. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right about that. <laughs> Imagine the honeymoon you could
2: take with Storm. Yeah, like on a cloud or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you could like, uh, like your like Mario Kart. Yeah. <laughs> you could go on Rainbow Road for real. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that was a good round, everyone. Thank you for playing. And uh, we'll move on to Reader's Advisory, where we'll suggest some books to read instead of, or in addition to Planet X. Uh, right off the top, don't think... I mean, if you find this for a quarter and a used book sale, fine. Is certainly not worth buying on Kindle, unless you're doing a podcast about it. Yeah. And then I will also say we're often recommending fan fiction to you instead of books. In this case, specifically, I, I haven't thought it out, but I'm sure there's at least 100 X Men Star Trek crossovers that are better on the internet for free. I, there just must be. Um, there must be.
0: Yeah. Um, for other recommendations uh, in the comments. Com- mm hmm in the comics direction. Kate, stop
2: recommending Great Comet. It doesn't even apply here. (laughs) Listen.
0: (laughs) Comets are space. Great Comet is good. Listen to Great Comet. That's now an official recommendation for the hundredth time um, in our 200 episodes uh, or in our 150 episodes. We need Um, to
2: reach out to Dave and be like, "Uh, can we be SpawnCon for you please?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, I was gonna say the Power Pack comics are amazing and fun and involve some space stuff, so that is a big recommendation for me.
2: Um I- I'll have some other comics in the at com if you're looking for specific comics. A couple things I wanna shout out. A couple years ago, DC did a couple of truly bananas crossover series that I was like, I must read these because what the heck? And then they were both actually really fun and really enjoyable, really good. And those are Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by James Tinian the Fourth and Freddie Williams the Second, and Justice League slash Mighty Morphin Power Rangers by Tom Taylor and Stephen Byrne. Um, I mean they're just such kind of cracky premises, but like both really fun books that I would unhesitatingly recommend. And then this is mostly just for Anna who has been um, witnessing my, my descent into unwilling Dr. Strange fandom and then back out of it. Cause now I don't like the comics anymore, but for a minute there, I was really enjoying the Dr. Strange comics and uh, the first volume of the, I guess now the second most recent series uh, Doctor Strange Across the Universe by Mark Wade and Jesus Saiz. Doctor Strange has to go into space to get magic because all the Earth magic is gone. Don't worry about it. And um, it's really <laughs> fun. And if you're just looking for like a goofy kind of space comic, um, it's not actually a crossover Star
1: Trek, but it's got that kind of vibe to it somehow. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one as well because you made me read it. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fun to share a tiny office with me. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, and I know you have some um, actually good recommendations because I think of the three of us, <laughs> you are um, well certainly the most into Star Trek, but the most um, sci-fi reading as well. So
1: tell us, tell us about it. Uh, yeah. So um, if you like star trek and you haven't already been reading the expanse series uh and or watching the expanse show by james sa Corey, um i think you would like that there's it's not as like fun it's more i mean it has fun moments but it's more like serious and slightly um darker but uh it really gets that like family on a spaceship found family type of vibe from star trek uh, it's very good um if you want a great Star Trek satire, you should read Red Shirts by John Scalzi. Um, very funny, great for Trekkies. Also Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers is also great if you if the favorite your favorite thing about Star Trek is like just like people having relationships on a spaceship, then you would like those books. Um, which is my personal favorite thing about Star Trek is just people on a ship being friends <laughs> um and if you wish that there was a book that was like what if data was funnier but also slightly more murdery then you should read the Murderbot bot series by martha wells excellent um i think kate and i would both co-sign the becky chambers
2: book which we uh which we read with the overdue podcast and both enjoyed very much for exactly oh, nice. the reasons that anna describes
0: Yes, that was actually when I came in to put my reader's advisory in. That was the first thing that I had thought of, but it was already there, so I didn't put it again.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, my counter reader's advisory is don't read Machines Like Me by Ian McEwen, which we recently read for the podcast. And at that time, I said, like, oh, I've never watched Star Trek, but I feel like Star Trek is better. And I'm already like, yep, I was right about that. And, uh, <laughs> and eat an artificial dick, Ian McEwen. <laughs> uh okay well we'll have um all of these and some other ones we didn't get a chance to talk about up on our website worstbestsellers.com under reader's advisory uh check it out if you're looking for some space stuff to read yes right and we'll move on to our candy pairing where we will suggest a candy to go along with this book much like at a restaurant that you're no longer allowed to go to uh someone might recommend <laughs> a wine to you <laughs> So people are gonna uh, If people listen to this, like, in the future, they're going to be like, wait, why weren't people allowed to go to restaurants? Like, what happened? <laughs> um. <laughs> um,
0: my candy pairing would be an X-Men ice cream bar from the 90s. Uh, cause it was another 90s merchandising crossover classic, but it also didn't really seem to capture the true essence of either party, <laughs> uh, ice cream or X-Men. <laughs> but it wasn't actively terrible, so...
2: Um, well, mine would be when you buy just the pre mixed bag of Jelly Bellies, because uh, I like Jelly Bellies, Jelly Beans, but I always prefer when you can scoop out and just get the flavors that you like. And in the mixed bag, you get some of the ones that are, like, not your favorites, such as, um, I would say all of the Exaldia stuff would be, like, the buttered popcorn flavor, and I'd be like, uh, <laughs> no, spit this out, Where's the good Jelly Beans. <laughs>
1: i my recommendation is based solely on the star trek side of this book but um i made earl gray macarons once and they were very good so in honor of jean-luc picard i would recommend earl gray macarons yeah sounds very good Mm -hmm. they were good
2: i will agree they were good
1: oh yeah you had some
2: that's right thank you (laughs)
1: thank
2: you for sharing Mm
1: -hmm. um by the way
2: uh, i didn't read that but there is when storm and picard are chatting they do have tea and he has earl grey and she has herbal tea all right Mm -hmm. now now it is time for the rock paper snicked which is uh the game where kate says who Dwayne the rock johnson would be if he were in this book and i'll say who wolverine would be if he were in this book oh he already is Uh. (laughs) but I'll, i'll let kate go first and i'll explain my wolverine in a second
0: All right, well, I also have a little bit of a twist on this, because as uh, Anna pointed out, The Rock actually is in an episode of the larger Star Trek universe. Uh, So jumping off from there, instead, I have chosen The Rock's co-star in uh, the Jumanji series, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond from (laughs) Doctor Who. Uh, which seems like a good crossover fodder for this. Uh, so if, if Amy Pond were in this book, uh, she'd have the TARDIS with her and mostly like would just be able to cut out a lot of the like, oh no, the transporters are broken. What are we going to do? Issues that they have or how are we going to get down to the planet or what's going to happen? Oh, we didn't even mention that at one point the bad guy send a missile towards the planet and then Mm -hmm. like angel and picard have to go dismantle it before it can hit and blow up the whole city you know so she'd be able to help with that while also just like generally laughing a lot at everyone's awkward interactions and enjoying herself fun
1: nice i i don't want to um blow your mind kate but there is a star trek um doctor who crossover comic and i think I think it has the 11th Doctor in it, so Amy Pond might be in it, so... Ah, even my alternate isn't
0: working. That's fine, (laughs) I'm gonna go with it anyway.
1: No, it's great. Alright, well,
2: as we've learned... if we've learned anything from X-Men comics, it's that, why have one Wolverine when you can have two Wolverines, (laughs) or even three? And so um, I'm keeping, of course, Wolverine, but I'm also adding a Wolverine, which is Laura Kinney, Logan's clone, and sometimes Wolverine. And since Laura is coming, she's going to bring with her her reluctant pet, Jonathan, who is an actual animal Wolverine. If you don't know about this, you got to read those comics, by the way. They're great. <laughs> I know, you know, and I'm talking to the listeners at large. <laughs> um, oh, I know. Yes. Um, listeners at large, Jonathan the Wolverine, get into it. So, Laura's there. She's joining in with all the sort of normal X-Men adventures, but Jonathan the Wolverine is going to escape and have a cute little adventure with Data's cat, Spot, who is not in this book, but he's got to be there somewhere in the background, Um, (laughs) and, and so just randomly interspersed with all the other stuff will be jonathan and spot the cat um sometimes without line breaks, so it just seems as if <laughs> this cat and wolverine have appeared on another planet
1: for no reason and it would be
2: just just cute oh
1: my gosh both of those are amazing <laughs> um i have to choose right is you, that a you thing must,
2: you must choose yes i
1: must choose well I do love Amy Pond, but I think I love Jonathan the Wolverine more. So I'd love to see Jonathan and Spot's um, hijinks.
2: Uh, wouldn't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Well, Kate, you can you can check out the the crossover comic that Anna suggested, and we'll all be we'll all be happy. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, all right. What do we think the moral of the story is?
0: Well. My moral of the story is that apparently the best thing to do with your crossover is to spend most of the book focused on characters from neither franchise, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That was my real takeaway from this. Sounds legit. Uh, My moral
2: of the story is uh, normies are dicks on every planet.
1: (laughs) Sometimes literal dicks. Sometimes literal dicks. (laughs) All right, um, Anna. Do you have a moral? Um, I mean, I guess like, like the I guess the moral of the story for me is like, don't you don't f- this and it's I'm speaking directly to the author <laughs> in this mm-hmm. uh, reader's response criticism. <laughs> um, you don't have to prove how much you like Star Trek by throwing in every little tidbit ever. Just. <laughs> we believe you star trek fans are nice it's cool <laughs> just chill bro that's that is good advice maybe
2: for some other star trek fans as well and the yeah at large yeah be, if i had to cool. guess yeah for sure uh, all right well now it's time for duarte's corner where my cat duarte gets to share his opinions about the book Duarte, you are right and I completely agree that if there is a cat in this Star Trek universe, and I know there is because people keep sending me gifs of this cat even though he's not in the first two episodes I've watched so far um, then that cat should be in this book and it's a real travesty that he's not or she's not
0: Yeah, I definitely understand Mm. your frustration, Duarte Um, but you know, I think all of us were left a little frustrated by this book, so We get it Yeah. Welcome to the club.
2: All right. Well Duarte, thanks as ever for sharing your opinions. Uh do any humans have any closing thoughts?
0: Um
2: (laughs) (laughs) Case closed. Um my closing thought is uh I will not let this book detract me from continuing to watch Star Trek.
1: Yeah, Star Trek's good. It's better than this book. Yeah. <laughs> Even the first season of TNG is better than this book.
2: Yeah, people, by the way, also people on the internet keep being like, you can skip the first season. I'm like, I'm not a coward. Like, <laughs> do you know how many CW shows I watch? I can handle this. Leave me alone. Who <laughs> are you, the quality police? Mm. <laughs> uh Great all right well um if you would like to come and tell us your thoughts on star trek and or x-men we would love to hear them we're on facebook facebook.com slash worst bestsellers we are on twitter at worst bestseller with no s because um the s had to go and be friends with q i guess (laughs) (laughs) um We have a Goodreads group that is most easily accessed by going to our website, worstbestsellers.com. We are newly on Instagram. Well, by the time this episode comes out, not super newly on Instagram, but like relatively in the span of the universe, relatively new to Instagram. Um, On Instagram, we are worstbestsellers with the S allowed. Thank you, Instagram.
0: (laughs) Uh, You can subscribe to us at uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, store, whatever it's called now. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, you know where podcasts come from, probably. Um, and if you yeah, do. When, subs-
2: when two podcast hosts love each other very much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you do subscribe to us, take a moment, please, to rate and review. When you rate and review, it pushes us up a bit on the charts. It makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, if you don't rate and review then we're going to be uh, just sending Angel to fly back and forth very quickly <laughs> around your house startling you at every turn until you give in and do it and that'll be, be really annoying.
2: It's going to be a real safety hazard it's going to be yes. breaking quarantine so just ooh, qu- quarantine? That's a pun that'll work out better if I write it out. q <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> oh god <laughs> Yep all of that
0: you can also subscribe to us on patreon at patreon.com slash worst bestsellers patreon is a platform where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to keep our website running and pay our editor and all sorts of other uh, behind the scenes minutiae and in response you get perks like a newsletter or stickers or a postcard in the mail and all sorts of other things Uh, We also have merch available if you go to worstbestsellers.com and click on uh, the merch button and you can go to our web store uh, where you can buy all sorts of things based on our podcast to wear on your body.
2: Yeah, wear wear it over your Star Trek uniform and show off your (laughs) B-Cup (laughs) pecs. Alright, um, finally, if you just want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at RenataSnacks. I am
1: at 14across on all social media. I'm at Librarian on Twitter and Instagram, and yes, that is a Star Trek reference. I'm very cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah, listen, people have listened to you now for an hour. They know you're cool. Like, it's known, but... (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Anna, thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. This was great. Um, It's been great to talk to you again. And Mm -hmm. one one day I'll I'll talk to you in person, but for now we'll we'll have Planet X. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Hope everyone out there, um, you know, be well, take care, wash your hands. Um, don't, Don't read this book, probably...
0: Yeah, there's other books to read to get you through your quarantine.
2: Um, such as, uh, we'll be back in two weeks with A Werewolf in Riverdale by Caleb Roerig. Roerig? Why sure. do authors have names like this? <laughs> Stop it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you publish a book, you should change your name to something easy to say. No, I immediately revise that stance. I don't like it. Um... <laughs> A Werewolf in now <laughs> is the book. We're doing great. We're doing so great. We're quarantined and living and it's fine. We're fine here. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, goodbye! Bye! <laughs> Bye! Uh.